Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back, guys, to episode 24 of our podcast, Dean Thoughts, with your two favorite hosts, Mira and Adam. And today's topic, uh, Sunnah, uh, the importance of following the Sunnah of the Prophet. Um, and we have a couple ayahs, a story, and uh, I think some ahadith to share with you guys. So let's get into it. Um, the first ayah is in Surah Al-Hashr, ayah 7. Uh, the one that we want to discuss is like near the end of the ayah, but I th- I'm going to read the whole ayah because I'm not sure. I don't think you could start from the middle of an ayah. So let's just get into it. A'udhu billahi minash shaitan rajim Ma afa'allahu ala rasulihi min ahli al-qura falillahi walil rasul. وَلِلرَّسُولِ وَذِي الْقُرْبَى وَالْيَتَامَى وَالْمَسَاكِينَ وَابْنِ السَّبِيلِ كَنْ لَا يَكُونَ دُولَةً بَيْنَ الْأَغْنِيَاءِ مِنْكُمْ وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ So the part that we want to talk about is and whatever the messenger gives you, take it. And whatever he forbids you from, abstain from it. And fear Allah, indeed Allah is severe in punishment. So, clearly in the ayah, right? Uh, anything that Rasul tells us about, we should follow, right? In everything. Um, and this is even, like, to the extent where the Rasul should be your role model, right? Everything that he does, daily life, anything, you know, it's good for you. You know, you should take it. And whatever he abstains from, whatever he doesn't do, you should you should abstain from it because obviously there's a hikmah behind it. There's a reason behind it that he's not doing it, right? Um, because nothing that the Rasul does, the Prophet does, nothing that he does is just from his own desires, you know? So everything that he does, there's a reason behind it. And usually, like, even like some of it is now backed up by science. For example, like... Uh, like leave one third of your stomach, uh, like after you eat, like leave one third of it open, you know, don't eat until you're fully full. That is like behind science now, like, yeah, you're not supposed to eat until you're fully full. It's good to keep a little bit of room, uh, you know, so it, it shows like how the sin now obviously is good to follow. There's a reason behind it. And then do you want to say anything about that? Yeah, this just kind of shows and gives evidence because a lot of people, they argue that we don't have to follow the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi like we just follow the Qur'an. But if you are someone who says, I just follow the Qur'an, this is literally an A from the Qur'an telling you to follow the sunnah. So like, you technically don't fully follow the Qur'an unless you also follow the sunnah. And in our deen, the sunnah and the Qur'an are equal. They're literally the same level because Allah says in the Qur'an, وَمَا يَنْتِقُوا عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا the Prophet Muhammad he doesn't speak just based on his own whims and desires. But he is rather someone who's constantly receiving revelation. Because the Quran and the Sunnah are both revealed to Allah to the Prophet Muhammad through Jibreel. And they hold equal status. So we can't take one and reject one. So we have to look at both the Quran and the Sunnah and implement them both in our lives. And this ayah is uh, basically evidence for that. Okay, so the second ayah we are going to discuss is in Surah Al-Ahzab. Ayah 21, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajeem. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرَ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا. 
There is indeed a good model for you in the Messenger of Allah, for the one who has hope in Allah in the last day and remembers Allah uh, proof, profusely. I don't know what that word means, honestly. Profusely, like frequently. Uh, profusely. So that's like kind of what I was saying, right? The, the Prophet should be the model uh the model for us right um and the one and and following him right to the last day inshallah uh that's what we're supposed to do because you know to follow our deen you know to be on that path um it's from the prophet yeah. essentially allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he tells us on and on again in the quran that he sends prophets and the job of these prophets is to teach their people the deen completely from a to z so there's nothing that might benefit these people to essentially attain Jannah, except that the Prophet comes with them and tells their people to do so. And the same thing is with the Prophet Muhammad The Prophet Muhammad came and he, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, revealed all of what we need to do and all of what we need to know, essentially to attain Jannah. So from these ayahs, and there's multiple other ayahs in the Quran, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, to obey Allah and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repeats it again, Rasul, as in to obey everything that the Rasul has told us. Because in other places, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, um, like for example, he says, Rasul, So he says, obey Allah and obey the Rasul. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and also people who have authority on you, but he doesn't repeat, repeat wa'ati'a. In the sense that to show this, that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, it means everything from A to Z. You obey him completely. Um, and we know that for people generally, like if you like have a ruler or like your parents or something, you obey them to the extent that it's not something that's haram. But that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us. He told us to submit and to basically obey the Prophet because like Adam was saying, he's our role model and he's essentially our ticket into Jannah, inshallah. Do you want me to go to the story or do you want to do? Um, I'll share the hadith, but before I share the hadith, I want to share a really quick story. And I think a lot of people might know this story, but... There's an incident that happened where Abu, or it was Umar. Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, he came to the Prophet Muhammad and he told him that he loves um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he loves himself a little bit more than he loves the Prophet Muhammad And the Prophet, he told him that you will not be a true believer until Allah and myself are the most beloved to you. So essentially, for us to be true believers... The, per, the, per, the not the person, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to be who we love the most. And you shouldn't love anything more than you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right after the love for Allah, so not as much, but a little bit less, but still like the second most, should be your love for the Prophet Muhammad And that is the condition of our Islam. And that is the condition of Iman. And the scholars say that the love for the Prophet Muhammad is not something that is... Um, like sunnah or, or what's it called, like recommended. It's obligatory. We have to love him. And essentially, when you see how much the Prophet Muhammad loved us, it, it like, like automatically it makes you love him. Because the Prophet Muhammad he used to make dua for us in every single salah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our sins, the ones that we know about and the ones that we don't know about. So essentially, if the Rasul loved us this much and we haven't even seen him, like our love for him has to also be high. And we learn about that and we attain this love basically through his sunnah and through the Quran and learning more about the Rasul. And one thing I want to add something is um, for us to love the Rasul, you know, sometimes, right, like we think about it now, we may not be at that point right now, you know, like we may not love him more than we love ourselves, which obviously you're not going to be at that point right away in your deen and your faith. 
You have to build up to that point. I think put that, like, say that you do, but if you don't feel it, it's definitely, okay. Because definitely. it's a condition of Iman. But like, like you said, to work up yeah, to it. Yeah, you have to yeah. work up to it. And one way, let me tell you, one way uh, for you to love the Rasul more and more and more is to learn about his life, to learn about the ahadith, to learn about what he would do for others, to learn about how his how he acted with others. And in doing so, not only do you learn about him and uh, tend to love him more, but you learn how you should be with others and how you should act uh, in everyday situations. Because we know there's a hadith for everything that the Prophet did. And the ayahs that you read. Right. That he's a role model. He's a role model for every single thing. He showed us like multiple times, like you've probably heard this, but like he showed you from A to Z, from how to fight in a war to how to use the bathroom, literally. And and that's why the Prophet's life is 100% open and uh, and clear to everyone. And it's pure, it's like 100% authentic. Authentic. Why? And, and that's on purpose, not like not be so that um like that didn't hide it on purpose so that we can learn from it because that's our prophet we need to learn we need to know how to act in this dunya right because otherwise how are we going to know so that's one thing uh inshallah for uh, us to like learn more read a hadith even like i recommend like getting a, a good hadith book with a translation reading like one a day or something like trust me that works um and then there's another story uh there's like two stories i want to add one of them was uh, one time the Prophet ﷺ was in the graveyard uh, and he was saying, I yearn to uh, seek to um, uh, find my brothers. Um, and he and the companions said to him, we're like, oh, Ya Rasulullah are we not your brothers? And he said, no, you guys are my companions. My brothers are the ones that believe in me, but do not see me. Right. So that, that is us. Right. We don't see the Rasulullah but we still believe in him. And think about it. What is higher, a companion or a brother? Obviously a brother, right? So it shows the connection that the Prophet had even with the people that weren't around, for the people like us, you know? He had. He still has that connection. He still wants to see us. He still wants to, uh, you know, love us just like how he did with the companions. And that's another thing, for you to see the relationships between the companions and the Rasulullah And think about, like, imagine I, inshallah, can have that relationship with him in Jannah. Mm-hmm. You're into, want that. You know, that should be your goal. Like, I'm going to Jannah. One of your goals should be, I'm going to Jannah because I want to see the Prophet. Because I want to uh, I wanna have a connection with him. Because I want to drink the water from his hands. You know, so that's something also important. And I remember the companions, they asked him, how are we going to... How are you going to know your brothers if you never saw them? And he said, would you not be able to differentiate a white horse from a black horse? And mm-hmm. he, they said yes. And they said, the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said that he'll be able to tell who his true, um, like his brothers are, essentially like those who worshipped him without seeing him, from athar al-wudu, from how mm-hmm. much light you'll have on the day of judgment, from your body, from the places where you used to do wudu. And just like you were mentioning about drinking from the Prophet Muhammad's hands, you have to do that to enter into Jannah. Yeah. The scholars say that's the step, like that's what you do before. So mm-hmm. if you don't drink from his hands, essentially you can't really enter into Jannah. So just imagine like the first person to see you before you enter into Jannah and he's the one who essentially opens the gates of Jannah and Welcomes everyone on the day of judgment when everyone's running away from each other is going to want his shafa and his companionship and we get that inshallah just from being from the from the um, you know, like the, what do you call it? The nation Umar. of yeah. the Ummah, of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And it reminds, reminds me of another story that happened where the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam one time was doing Qiyam Layl. And I think he was reading like 
the ayat about the day of judgment and everything that's happening. And he started crying profusely. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he sent Jibreel to ask the Prophet Muhammad like why he was crying. Of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew, but for us to hear this story. And Jibreel asked him, what's wrong? And he said, ummati, ummati. Like the amount of, the amount of fear that he had for our ummah and how, because he knew the Prophet Muhammad you know, we know of the signs of the day of judgment. We know about how holding on to your deen right now is like holding on to a hot coal. These are all a hadith from the Prophet or how Islam you, like started as something weird and it's going to go back to being something that's strange, which is basically the state that we're in now. He knew how hard Islam was going to get and that's how, that's why he cared so much. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he revealed to Jibreel to tell him that we will truly make you pleased with your ummah on the day of judgment. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Rasul the, the power of intercession and the power of shafa'ah on the day of judgment where he will be the one that intercedes not only for our ummah, but for the whole Muslim ummah in jet, like completely from the time of Adam to the time of the Prophet. Because we're going to go to every single Prophet, but it's only going to be our Prophet, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu who is going to be able to do shafa'ah. And we're going to be the first ones to be judged, right? And the first ones to enter into Jannah. Inshallah. Okay, so my story, second story that I wanted to add was, this is shows like the importance of following the sunnah. So there were two men uh, in the desert and they had no water so and they needed to pray duhur. So they made tayammum, which is uh, making uh, kind of like uh, wudu, but without the water, If for those who don't know. Uh, so they made tayammum and they prayed duhur. And then uh, they went back and they found, like, they went back to the city. And it was still Dhuhr time. Dhuhr time did not end. So the one of the men said, like, we should redo our wudu and then salli Dhuhr. And the other man said, no, I already prayed Dhuhr, even if it was with Tayammum. So the other man, he was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. So he remade wudu and he, salli- he prayed Dhuhr again. Um, and they were like, let's see, like, who, who was right in that situation? Let's go ask Rasulullah So they went to the Rasulullah and they asked him, like, they told him what happened. Like, we were in the desert, um, we made tayammum, and we prayed, but then we came back, and I made wudu, and uh, I made, uh, I prayed again, but the other person didn't. Like, who's right in this situation? And he told them, the one who made wudu again when they came back and prayed duhur, that guy got double the ajr. But the one who didn't make wudu again and prayed duhur again and just stayed on his tayammum uh, and prayed then, uh, he got the sunnah, the reward of the sunnah. And in this situation, which is higher, do you guys think, the double the reward or the sunnah? 100% the sunnah is higher reward. So it's it goes to show whenever you're doing something in your life, following the sunnah, Many times can be very easy, by the way. Like in that situation, the sin is easier for you to just, you don't have to redo your wudu, but you still did the sin. You get more reward for that. Um, and there's so many sin out there that you could follow and do on a daily basis that will barely take you any time or will barely take you any effort. For example, to give you one, drinking with your right hand or drinking in three gulps, drinking, drinking while you're sitting, sitting down eating while sitting down, saying Bismillah before, saying Alhamdulillah afterwards, entering the bathroom with your left foot, entering the masjid with your right foot, entering your house in the right foot, leaving the bathroom with, leaving your, the bathroom right with your right foot. foot. Uh, when you uh, enter your house, say Salaamu Alaikum. There's so many out there, guys. Sleeping when, on your right side. Sleeping on your right side. With your hand under your head. Doing your everything cheek. with your right side, except using the bathroom, use your left hand, right? So there's so many sinan out there 
um and those are even those are talking we're talking about the ones that aren't even like salah or psalm or qiyam or and there's even those that you could take and imagine how much uh hasanat you can get and there's another thing like during salah we know like in like the fard salah there are even sinan right mm-hmm. and so um i forgot what it was exactly but i think it was a hadith that said like um like many of people of the nation will only get uh like one tenth the reward of salah or something like that and why is that because they don't do the sinan because they don't have the khushur because of that so ha- adding the sinan to your salah even then it gives it gives you so much ajr um and we can even go over some of the sinan maybe in another episode maybe the next one honestly because there's a lot and they're important to include and they're easy you know it reminds me of a story that i heard um i think it was it was an imam i, I forget which imam it was it was one of the four like famously known imams um, i think it was imam shafi i think i'm not 100% sure or imam ahmad but there was a story where he came upon someone who was suddenly and kind of going off what you were saying adam mm-hmm. and he was suddenly in a way that was not consistent with the sunnah so after he finished suddenly like after the guy finished suddenly he told him like why are you suddenly like this or like the way that he did it was just not the way that the prophet did and he said is my salah not accepted and he said no it's accepted because like you didn't do anything wrong in the salah but it's just not the way that the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to do it but he so he's like you'll get the reward of the salah but you won't get the reward of following the sunnah so essentially like you're saying every single action that we do we have two like we have the chance of attaining two times the reward for everything one reward for the normal action and the other reward for the sunnah and which is more than two times exactly yeah. we don't even know how much that is and we know that it's it's very important it has a very big reward and there's even a a statement from the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam that he says man man raqiba an sunnati falaysa minna like whoever deviates from my sunnah whoever does stuff that's not from my sunnah then he's not from us so essentially to be from the ummah of the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and to say that you follow the prophet and that you love him you have to follow his sunnah and the sunnah of the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is complete and this kind of brings open the door of like bid'ah and and especially in ibadah in the sense that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he sent down an ayah where it says al yawma akmaltu lakum dinakum wa raditu lakum al-islam dina that today i completed your religion and i am pleased with islam as your religion for you after this ayah was sent down no more legislations were sent down towards the deen in the sense of like how to salli like things towards ibadah like the deen was basically complete from a to z and the deen that we have now is the same deen that was there when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this ayah so the scholars they say that anything that people created after this to worship Allah is considered something called a bid'ah and Allah and the rasul sallallahu he says in hadith that whoever innovates any matters from the deen fahuwa rad it is not accepted so any action that you do that is an innovation that's not upon the sunnah of the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam in terms of ibadah to worship Allah it is not accepted now ibad or bid'ah is anything that's innovated anything that's new an innovation that's what the word means so a car is a bid'ah a microphone is a bid'ah but the only bid'ah that's rejected is the bid'ah in religion like for example some scholars say that using a mazhabha is a bid'ah because the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to use his fingers and people at the time used to use something similar to a mazhabha and the companions told them not to do so so they say that using a mazhabha is a bid'ah 
So things like this. Anything that's a bid'ah in worship, try as much as you can to stay away from it. If it's something like on the simpler side, because we still we don't truly know. But generally, bid'ahs in worship are like a big red line. Make sure you watch out because essentially the action that you're being done, the Rasulullah said, it's not accepted because it's a bid'ah. It's not how... And essentially, when you add something into the deen from like to worship Allah, that kind of shows two things. Either that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lied when he said, that Allah didn't complete the deen because you added something into the religion. Or that the Prophet Muhammad lied in the sense that he didn't tell us everything about the religion. And both of these two options are false. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completed the religion because he said so. And Rasulullah came with everything that we needed to know. So if we add in anything, if we innovate into the religion, we have to be really careful because we're going to be asked about it and we're going to be asked about why we partook in any like a bid'ah and stuff like that. Adding off of that, sometimes it may be my, by mistake, you know, we don't realize that this is not part of the sunnah. Um, because I know a, a lot like of times like there could be uh, some bid'ahs that we may just do by accident. Like you didn't know right. it was a bid'ah. So it's just yeah, important that's okay to fact check, you know, uh, make sure everything is done by the sunnah. And even like the example of the mazhabha, um, it's like, for example, would you rather get the reward of the sunnah by just counting on your fingers or use a masfah. Obviously, you want to get that sinner reward. So, you know, just that's why we we tend to, like, we want to follow the sinner, right? So, um, I just want to share one hadith. I said I was going to share it from before, but I forgot. So, I'm going to share it real quick. Um, so, there's a hadith narrated from the Prophet Muhammad where he says, um, O Messenger, or wait, he says, I enjoin you to have taqwa of Allah and that you listen and obey, even if a slave is made a ruler over you. He among you who lives long enough will see many differences. So for you is to observe my sunnah and the, sur- the sunnah of the rightly principled and rightly guided ses- successors, holding onto them with your moral teeth. Beware of newly invented matters, for every innovation is an error. And this is what they say in the khutbah. In the Friday khutbah, they say, They say, وَشَرُوا الْأُمُورِ مُحْدَثَاتُهَا وَكُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وَكُلَّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ That the worst of Things are the things that are innovated, the new things. And everything that's innovated is a bid'ah. And anything that's a bid'ah is horrible and or is like wakula bid'ah. Everything that's like newly innovated is a bid'ah, and everything that's a bid'ah is in the fire basically because it's not from what the deen is. But here is just a proof the Prophet Muhammad is telling us that there's gonna come a time where there's gonna be many differences. So to stick to the sunnah. And the sunnah of those that came after him, in the sense the companions. Because that's how we learned from the sunnah. Because they, they revealed it to us. So to stick to what the companions told us. And subhanAllah, this just kind of like tying everything in together. Unless, do you have anything else you want to add? I, I shared this um, hadith in one the last episode that I did by myself. But kind of just going back to the importance of loving the Prophet Muhammad and following the sunnah. There was a story that's narrated to us through a hadith, I think, of the Prophet Musa. So when the Prophet Musa was attaining the Taurat, the revelation of his people from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, I saw in the Taurat that there's going to be a nation that comes after me. And this nation, if they're pricked with a needle, even like a, if, they're, if they feel any pain, even like the pricking of a needle, you forgive all of their sins. And so Musa said, oh Allah, make this my nation. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, sorry, but this is already the nation of the Prophet Muhammad and then Musa said, okay, well, I saw again in the scriptures that there's going to be a nation that if they intend to do something wrong and they don't do it, you reward them. Musa said, oh Allah, make this my nation. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, sorry, this is already the nation of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu And so then Musa said, okay, well, I saw that there's going to be a nation that if they intend to do something good and they don't do it, you still reward them for it. And then Allah, and so Musa said, oh Allah, make this my nation. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, sorry, this is the nation of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu So then Musa said, oh Allah, make me from the nation of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Like just imagine that even a prophet and a messenger, Musa, wanted to be from the nation of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu And we sometimes don't see the importance that it's our messenger who's going to be the one who gives shafa'a to everyone on the Day of Judgment. And it's our messenger who used to cry and stand in the night asking Allah Subh'anaHu Wa to forgive us. So shouldn't we at least follow his sunnah and learn about him and try to teach people about his sunnah? Because like Adam was saying, its reward is immaculate and it's truly, truly something that's beautiful. And when you follow it, it's perfect. Like even people who are not Muslim, they write books about the Prophet, how he's like the most influential person in the world. So subhanAllah, he's our Prophet and nahna awla. Since we're Muslim, it's it's more like, what do you, how do you say nahna awla? Like it's more befitting we're, for us to know about him, to love him and to basically follow his sunnah than for other people who are not even Muslim to praise him because he's our Prophet. Right. All right, guys, that's all we got for you guys for this episode uh, inshallah, we might cover more of this topic in the future. Um, we'll see. Um, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to give us feedback. Uh, make sure to share with anyone you think it might be helpful uh, to listen. Um, I think that's all. Assalamu alaikum.